I've always been very positive about WWE. Even though I used to talk my smack to them, I still supported. I've always been a fan. I've always respected the superstars. I couldn't wait to work with them and just to be around that energy. Now that I'm here, I can definitely say it's not just because I'm here. This really is the best time to be a wrestling fan. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin. This week on the podcast, we've got someone who you guys have been tweeting me all the time to get on the show, and it's someone who I have wanted on the show, too, so I'm glad we finally got her here. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on the show, we've got Samantha Irving, WWE announcer Samantha Irving. She's someone who is incredibly talented. You all see her work on social media, the cool videos that WWE posts of her in action. We hear her on TV every week, but now we've got her here on Out of Character to find out more about the woman behind the voice. And there's a lot there, so buckle up. It's an exciting conversation. But before we get to that, before we get to that, I do have to do a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure that you're following WWE on Fox on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and of course, everyone's new favorite social media platform, Threads. We're on all of those, so make sure you're following WWE on Fox. And also make sure you follow me on Threads as well. I'm threading, I'm stitching, whatever you want to call it. I'm doing it on there. Uh, I'm, I'm working. I'm putting those threads out. So make sure you're following at Ryan Satin on Threads and at WWE on Fox. And also, make sure if you're listening to this and you're enjoying the show, if you're if you like what you are seeing, do me a favor, go over to your podcast platform that you use, whatever your preferred, platf pl preferred platform may be. Make sure you go over to it and you leave a review for Added Character. It helps us move up the charts. It helps people know that you enjoy this show. So if you're one of those people who enjoys the show, do me a favor and go leave a rating or a review. All right. Enough of that stuff. Let's get to my conversation with Samantha Irvin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Out of Character, Samantha Irvin. Samantha, thank you so much for doing this today. I appreciate it so much. Are you kidding me? Thank you. It's funny, you know, I, I feel like I can always tell when someone's got a, like a, a loyal fan base when I start getting tons of requests for someone to be on the podcast. And I would say that out of all the people in WWE, it was crazy to me how many people would tweet me saying they wanted me to get you on the show. And I think that it speaks for how well-liked you are within the WWE community and how people still want to get to know more about you. That's crazy. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I, wow. Well, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I think a lot of us as wrestling, I shouldn't say a lot of us, I don't know who watches America's Got Talent. I, I, I'm not sure. I just know that me personally, I didn't watch America's Got Talent. And I was doing the research for this and I was watching your performances, but the parts I was really focused on were the parts about your life that they show beforehand. And, you know, you had such a powerful story. You had such an interesting life that you grew up in. And I'm excited to kind of like let people in on that. Like, I didn't know you were the oldest of six kids. That's, that's a lot of people to have in one house. <laughs> it's a lot, yeah. And that's been like such a big part of my identity for so long being a big sister, it's such an important part of my life. So yeah, thanks. I'm excited to, to share that with people. Well, I think the thing that 
really blew me away in watching those was the fact that, you know, when your parents got separated, you started to take on a parental role to uh, your other siblings. And then you dropped out of school, uh, it was mentioned in the thing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I, so I, you know, AGT, they got me. They really interrogated me and they really got me because I wasn't going to share any of this. That was not my intention. But the way that they got me was they were like, so, so, so you weren't a good student because you didn't go to school, right? And I was like, no, I was a good student. I was a great student. I was a straight A student. And then it opened up to, you know, the next thing and the next thing. But basically my college dreams were um, off the table because my mom was no longer in the picture. And my connection with my siblings was, there was just no way I was going to leave. There was no way I was going to be able to go. So I went to like a nearby community college and, um, you know, I took some classes, but even with that, it it just, I really wasn't able to focus on it. So I had to let that go as well. Uh, so it's been a journey. It's been, you know, but I did finish high school and everything. I, I graduated uh, with high honors at the top of my class, you know, <laughs> not trying, so you know, I just want to always clear that up because, you know, some people thought that I like dropped out of school, but I, no, I didn't. I'm glad you clarified that because they definitely, you know, did the whole reality TV thing there where they made it very like unclear when you dropped out of school. And I was, well, I was definitely I was wondering. Like almost 30. <laughs> I, that, so <laughs> the story was, it, everything was absolutely true and it all happened, but I had already gotten past that part of my life and I was on tour and I was singing and I was traveling and I was having a really great time with my singing career. I wanted to do the show to advance it, but they were like, hey, you know, we really shouldn't say that you're already working and you're already doing all this stuff. You know, people want to know the struggles and and that was kind of what they focused on. Um, but really, I was like 26 on the show. So <laughs> it was a few years later. That's funny that you say that because when I was watching the the parts in the beginning, I definitely, my mind was like, oh, this person seems like they're like 20 or, you know, Samantha seems like she's like 20, 21 here. And then when it, when you came up on stage and it said, because I was like, I said to my wife, like, oh, so long ago, look how young she is here. And then, uh, and then when it said 26, I was like, oh, wait, they made her seem, <laughs> they did kind of make her seem a little younger there in the, in the opening stuff. Yeah, they did. And it was it was tough. I, I did not want to put my uh, family on blast like that. Uh, my mom has since passed away. So sometimes when I think about that, it's it's not it doesn't make me super happy. But my mom, she understood. She got it. She got it. And she was she was willing to do whatever she had to do to make sure that my experience went as perfectly as possible. So she was a rider in that one because my mom was a great person. Even if you were, you know, past it and older and had moved on and, and fixed some of those things, I do think that reality producer aside, I do think that it is important for other people to hear those kinds of things and to see that other people have gone through similar struggles to get to success. And I think that mm -hmm. as much as it may, maybe hurts to dig up old stuff, I do think that ultimately there are so many people who deal with the same kind of struggles. And when they see someone like you who has, you know, moved past it, been on TV, gotten to follow your dreams, now has this awesome job. I do think it helps people see that there's like a light on the other side of negativity. Oh, absolutely. And I knew that I was just going to try to continue. And 
that more of the story could unfold. And I'm glad that it was an inspiration to people because taking care of my siblings and there's, it's still a big part of my life. We're very close and um, I'm, I'm glad that it can inspire people because I'm never going to give up. That's what I like to hear. That's a good, that's a good, that's like John, that's a John Cena and you never give up, you know? I know. Uh, I almost stole a Cody thing too. I was like, I just want to continue the story, but <laughs> I, I stopped myself. <laughs> uh, how would you describe your off-screen personality? My off-screen personality? Just like when you're at home, how would you describe yourself? Oh, I'm, oh man. Okay. Let me be real. I'm extremely goofy. I'm very silly. Um, I'm very happy. I'm very positive. Uh, I'd like to say I'm bubbly, and uh, yeah, I think I think I think I'm pretty similar to maybe the vibe that people are getting. I think that's pretty true to who I am. Yeah, you you do seem like just like a nice, positive person, and I think that uh, it. I would assume you know the whole. Having to take care of your your siblings in a way and taking on a you know mother like role and now being a mom yourself, uh, I, I can see those nice positive mom vibes from you. Thank you so much. Moms make the world go round for real, and it and that's very important to me. Thank you. And I have massive respect for moms who do something like you do, where it's such a high profile job, working all the time, traveling, and still being able to make sure that you're there for everything and and being a positive role model for your kid. I think that's super cool to see, and it's something that I respect as someone who had a strong mother that did the same kind of thing. That's amazing, thank you. So you said uh, to me on Twitter the other day, I was talking about getting married and how it made me feel different, and, and something you said about being a mother really stuck with me. I thought it was, I thought it was super cool, and, and just something that similarly that people can you know, relate with. You said to me, becoming a mother was tremendously healing, and every day that I teach her something new or show her a different way of living than how I was raised, a small piece of my inner child is comforted. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people hope to achieve when they're, when they're having a kid is to kind of like do things differently and, and, and better. Um, but I think that's nice that it does kind of like help, you know, heal some of that inner child within you. Absolutely. And it, it really does. There's so much of myself that I see in my daughter and, you know, that's the goal to do better than your parents did. And I'm grateful for the life that I had, but the older I got, the more I was able to identify things that weren't right or things that were a struggle. And I'm proud that my daughter's gonna have a whole new list of reasons to hate me that are different. <laughs> I'm proud of that. <laughs> She's just never gonna know <laughs> the stuff that I went through. She's just never gonna know that, so. I, I, you got to get older for those kinds of things. I, I used to just, when I, was, when I was younger, I was so mad at my dad. My dad recently passed away too. So I, you know, I, I have. I'm sorry. I, thank you. And I, you know, so I understand what you're saying about your mom. Just like, there's things you wish you could have done differently uh, throughout life or maybe were a little less harsh on them at times or whatever. But, you know, growing up, I was always so harsh on my dad. I was, I was very harsh on him. We argued a lot. And then when I got older, and I started working in entertainment. I was driving to LA all the time like he was and just so tired when I came home. I was like, I probably should have been nicer to that guy. He still did go yeah. to all my stuff, made sure to be present yep. and, and, and involved. Absolutely. And I probably should have been a little nicer. And I think, but it takes age to get there. Yeah, it does. And you know, and they already know that. 
They're like, one day you're going to, oh, you know, they already know it. They're fine. But still, be nice to your parents. Do you bring your kid, have you brought your kid around to a lot of WWE stuff? Oh, yes. She's, yes. She's been, she's been around. She's been to two WrestleManias. She's come to a bunch of SmackDowns. She loves it. I really, I, I was her age when I like took my own agency and being a fan, I was around her age. Like, this is my thing. It's not just my dad's show. Like I'm into this and she's into it. So it's beautiful to watch. And she's going through all the motions and she's asking questions and I'm, I'm answering her questions the same way my dad did for me. I'm, I'm loving it. That's so cool. That's, I love knowing that it was your dad who got you into wrestling. I saw my that. dad's Irvin. Well, I was just—I was literally just going to say that when I was watching the the America's Got Talent thing, and you're like at dinner with your family or lunch or whatever, and they showed his name. I was like, "Up, oh, all right. Well, up there—that's where it came yep. from." <laughs> yep. That's it, Irvin. Big Irv. How old were you when you started? So you Attitude Era, right? That's when you kind of started watching. Oh, I was born into it. When I say my dad, my dad watched everything. My dad watched everything. So I was born a wrestling fan. So I, I, I don't know. It might've been the first show I ever watched, honestly. Uh, but I was around five, six when I was like, okay, I'm not just sitting here watching it with my dad. I'm, I'm into it. This is who I'm rooting for. This is why I'm upset. This is what I don't agree with. This is, you know, so, and I mean, a lot of that had to do with HBK. He was the one that really got me invested and uh, yeah, and I, I never stopped. I'm very passionate. You and never stopped watching wrestling that whole time? Well, luckily, like my brothers, they are also very passionate fans. So even when I was touring or when I was like disconnected from it, I would still be coming home, watching the pay-per-views. I, I did what the fans are doing to me, <laughs> to my brothers. This is karma. I'm like, mm, it's not the same. Mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I remember Royal Rumble 1996. No, see, so this is all. I I'm taking it. I'm I'm laughing. I'm enjoying every minute of it. That's so funny. I had a period where I fell out of watching wrestling too, where I was like Attitude Era. I was just like all about it, 24/7. And then when I went to college, I kind of like like end of high school, beginning of college. I wasn't like watching it religiously, but thankfully the internet was a thing already and. I was reading mm -hmm. the results every week still. Just, just. Yeah, we've got to be around the same age, <laughs> yeah, you and I. I'm 36. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're in the same age bracket, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think that it, it, it's, it's funny. I feel like when you're a diehard like that, even when you try to get out, you're still, you're still kind of involved. Listen, you know what it is. If you, if you love it, you just love it. And that's how it is. It's its own universe. Literally, that's the WWE universe. It, that's the perfect name for it. Because when you find someone in the world outside the WWE universe that you, and you're here, you see a T-shirt or whatever, or you you drop a little line because you know how it is. You go in a room, you're like, let me drop a little something to see if somebody picks this up. And if somebody picks it up, you're like, OK, I found my people. So, so I got... feel like I'm right where I belong. You see a guy in NWO shirt across the room, you give him like one of these just to see if he gives it back just to you. <laughs> yeah, just real, like, throw it to him real quick, see what he does. <laughs> yeah, for real. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, when, I, I, when I stopped watching, I remember similarly, you had your brothers, I had my dad. So I would, my dad, my dad was always also calling me about things and trying to get me back 
watching religiously and then it was mm -hmm. I remember I was the same way I was like well it's not the same as it used to be like they're relying on all the same people and I was also trying to be all negative Nancy like I my replies now as well and <laughs> and uh I remember it was Wrestlemania the last time it was in Hollywood at the Staples Center my dad being like you got to come back out here I'm flying you and your brother in it's in Hollywood we gotta go and I was like I don't know and he was like there's two there's telling you there's two guys they're pushing now that aren't from back in the day. John Cena and, da and, and Batista. You're going to love them. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go. All right. And then I've never stopped yeah. watching again. See, that's cool. I feel like when I look back at when I kind of fell off from watching religiously, because I used to take notes. I used to keep my own little roster. And I was like super, super. I was a geek. Like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't even really be talking about it. Because like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was crazy about all of this and now I'm still doing the same thing now now I get paid to do it it's so fun but when I kind of started focusing on theater and performing and all of that wrestling was always in the back of my mind you know the rock stone cold these are the most engaging and charismatic people that I've ever seen and I am a Michael Jackson fan and I love old school music and these incredible brilliant artists that I grew up on and The Rock and Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels. And these guys are in that realm for me of people that inspired me to just be an energetic force on stage. And it just kind of coincided when I look back, it's like, okay, I I may not have been watching every single week. There may There was a chunk of time that I may not have been watching every week, but I was like out there, like on stage and it all just, it just came together. And sorry, I'm like looking off. It's because like, I don't want to look at myself. Like when you're on there, then I want to look at you. But I don't really want to look at you. Know what I mean? so like, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely. That's why when they were before, when they were testing it, they zoomed in on just my mouth. And I was like, please never show me that shot again. I don't want to look at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I I love that you were like had little notebooks and stuff. I The other day I was going through old stuff in my closet and I found like a notebook type thing, the page that I had ripped out where I was like booking my dream WCW versus WWE card. And I'm like, NECW, yes. like I have one for each and they're all like this person versus this person. And I'm like drawing out my, you know, writing out yeah, my, my dream card. So I'm glad that, that it wasn't just me doing that kind of thing. Oh, it wasn't. I, I, we've all, we're all together. We all found each other. We're all adults. <laughs> No. <laughs> I saw Mansoor on threads. He was he posted something saying, uh, like, who wants to join my EFED? And it just came, like, a flash of memories came back. <laughs> I love that we all just, like, are living the dream. Literally. <laughs> yes. living, living all of our dreams. <laughs> I said the same thing in an article the other day. I, it was about when my wrestling fandom started because the it was the anniversary of Mick Foley being tossed off the cell. And that's kind of when my... Like you said, like I became a hardcore fan at that point where mm -hmm. it was like, I got I to gotta do this all the time. And uh, at the end, I also said the same thing. And, and now I get paid to talk about this. So perfect. It's, it's great. It's, it's great. crazy. It's wonderful. I just love, I just love it. There's like no place I'd rather be using my voice right now than here. So how did WWE eventually enter the picture? I know you were a fan. You're doing your music thing. Like how do they eventually combine into what you're doing now? So I always thought that somehow I would end up doing something with WWE, whether it was 
you know, singing America the Beautiful one day or, you know, coming back like Seth Green or somebody. Like, I thought that maybe I would accomplish enough in my performing career that I could then come back as someone who is a fan. Uh, so this path is just, it's very interesting because the pandemic happened and that derailed everything. So all the shows shut down. I was living in Vegas at the time and I was working in a bunch of different uh, stage productions in Vegas and we're all just kind of sitting around and one day, this is real, okay? One day I woke up and Mark Henry was quote tweeting my pictures and my videos and he was like, WWE is calling. Have you ever thought of getting into wrestling? And I was like, I called my brothers. I'm like, this is crazy. I messaged Mark Henry on Twitter and I, I was like, uh, absolutely 100% yes. Um, I am not an athlete. I don't really know what I could contribute, but I'll do anything, you know, for it. So he said, okay, well, I, um, I can get you a tryout. He's like, that's basically what I'd be able to do. And then, you know, once you get in the door, then you can just kind of let people know maybe what you'd be interested in doing. Uh, but would you do a tryout? And I was like, yeah, you know, that's crazy. I don't know if that sounded confident, but that was basically what it was. It was but, like, yeah, like I have to. The fact that Mark Henry just out of nowhere did that is insane to me. Well, I tweeted about wrestling still. I, you know, no matter what, I was still a nostalgic fan. So I was always giving my opinions on things. And um, and I had done a couple podcasts and um, I did one that uh, David LaGreca was on as well. So I'm sure that maybe that could have been part of it. But David doesn't want to take any credit and Mark doesn't want to really even, you know, he's just, he's proud of me. So that's good. I mean, we got, we as wrestling fans, we got to give it up for Mark Henry. He's now given us Samantha Irvin. He's given us Bianca Belair. I mean, you, I, I know there's others. What a good guy. Like the fact that he's constantly scouting like that or was then probably, I'm assuming is now still. Um, I think that's, man, like so cool to see him giving back like that. It's amazing. I, I never, you always dream when you're in this business in, in, in performing and entertainment in any capacity, you dream that this will lead to that, or this person or somebody could potentially hear me or see me. And I just never would have thought, never would have thought that it would be Mark Henry, but it's the most perfect, wonderful person to, I will always credit him for launching all of this. And I'm, I, he's just, he's been so supportive and I actually still haven't met him in person, but he, you know, he encourages me and he's given me great advice. And when I finally got a, an actual offer and they told me I was going to ring announce, he called me right away and he was like, listen to Fink, you know, listen to the greats. And, and I was like, you already know I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm, I'm going to go hard. So do you think it was your studying then of the greats? Like he said, after that that has kind of helped form your announcing style? Or do you think that it's that plus, you know, your theater background and singing and voice, you know, training? Do you kind of think it all, it's all kind of the reason why you were able to develop this kind of unique flair for each people, each wrestler? Yeah, I think it, I think it's a combination. Initially, the first thought was, okay, I love sounds, music, all this, all these sounds unlock all these memories. So immediately I'm like, okay, 
think disqualification like I just immediately start hearing what their voices sounded like and the moments that excited me as a fan so like audibly think Mr. McMahon those are two voices that really molded my like excitement when I was a child so they're two huge ones for me and then Lillian of course of course of course is such a huge huge inspiration to me she was the first person that made me realize oh that there can be singing in wrestling you know she's she just got up and sang the national anthem acapella on live tv and it, i mean i was in seventh grade and i was like oh my gosh i was mind blown so i love lillian and i used to always joke to my friends you know one day i'm gonna be lillian garcia you know one day i'm gonna be lillian garcia because i would say i would be in wrestling my twitter name has always been samantha the bomb um I thought maybe I could be like a manager or something, or I'll just be Lillian Garcia. <laughs> it's, it, I, I actually think that you do remind me a lot of Lillian Garcia. She's a friend of mine. I, I used to be a co-host on her podcast. She's the nicest person in the world. Like I, my, One of my favorite people in, in professional wrestling. And your kind of style where you kind of got that guttural thing you know, in there and you're so nice, and you're a singer, it does kind of feel like you're the gener you know, this generation's Lillian Garcia. That makes me so proud, so proud, because she was, I mean, she's, she's Lillian. She deserves all the respect. When I met her, I got the, just, I was, it was just warm fuzziness and happiness when I met her. It was such a wonderful day, and uh, she gave me great advice, and uh, she, gave me good feedback. She said I was doing a great job. So I was like, okay, cool. Great. <laughs> I think too, it's also the, another reason you remind me of her is that I, I think that, you know, a lot of times in wrestling, social media, and I know social media wasn't a thing then, but there were still message boards that we were on and stuff. And I think that a lot of times wrestling fans can go to the extreme negative place. We all kind of tend to do it at times when we're, when our emotions take over. But one of the things that strikes me as similar between the two of you is like there's always just been this massive support for Lillian everyone was like not Lillian rules no one be mean to her she's this nice angel of a person who has an amazing voice like we're supporting her shut up and I mean, there's no negativity allowed for Lillian Garcia and I feel that way about you a lot of the time like social media I've seen other announcers get crap from people but like and I'm sure you get some, um, it's social media, everyone gets some, but like there really is just this like majority outpouring of, of support for you and people really liking what you're doing right now. And it's, it's, it's got to feel nice from your perspective. Oh, it feels more than nice. It feels, I, it's, it's a dream come true. I feel very connected to the fans. Uh, I sit out there the whole night during the show. So I'm there with the fans experiencing the action like everyone else. And I love it and I I consume it and I care about it and it's important. And um, I'm glad that, that that's well received. I'm glad that um, most people can see that I care a lot about it. And I am a vocalist and I am a singer and I know I've always been pretty good at expressing my emotions with with the sound of my voice and I'm happy that I can do it with this because especially now one thing I will say no matter how much I used to tease my brothers I've always been very positive about WWE specifically WWE 
Um, even though I used to talk my smack to them, I still supported. I've always been a fan. I've always respected the superstars. I couldn't wait to work with them and just to be around that energy. And uh, now that I'm here, I can definitely say it's not just because I'm here. This really is the best time to be a wrestling fan. I seriously mean that. And I tell people all the time, if you maybe stopped watching it or you used to watch it when you were a kid and then, and then you fell out of it, now is the time to sit down with your kids, because I know you got kids now, you know, or whatever, and, you know, get your housework done, and get home from work and record it, whatever you got to do, and just enjoy the story. For the negative fans, I think they just want to work at WWE. That's how I look at it. But with that uh, attitude, it, it, I mean, you kind of ruined your chance. So I love it. I'm always talking back to the fans. <laughs> I always got something to say back because Twitter's for talking. And if you're going to talk to me, I'm going to talk back to you. And what well, I think that too, I'm assuming most people, most people don't know that you're a lifelong wrestling fan too. So they'll talk their smack to you, not knowing that you're knowledge in the business and you know what you're talking oh about my gosh. and that you can fire right back at them. It, like I you like exact you all don't even know like that's how I feel I'm like oh so you don't even know people be like oh she just got the job because she's hot I'm like first of all thank you <laughs> if you saw me on America's Got Talent then you know you know that's not why I got the job but thank you for thinking that but also boom boom pop boom boom, boom 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 that's also why I got the job uh, how's the transition to Robin oh. You know, I was like, I don't really like change. So I was immediately, I was just like, okay, well, you know, what, what could go wrong? Like, you know, I'm moving shows and, but I'm SmackDown. Like there's an SAM in SmackDown. Like, you know, I have a lot of blue clothes. I was just, the, the energy of SmackDown from the time that SmackDown debuted, I was a SmackDown person. So I was a little sad at first, but now I'm absolutely loving it. I love it. I love the schedule. I love what Raw has, what's been going on on Monday Night Raw. I've been absolutely loving the the, the matches and the rivalries and the things that are unfolding. And uh, I I like doing main event too, because that's the sneaky, the sneaky good matches be on main event. So I like being on main event. And um, I'm enjoying my colleagues on Monday Night Raw. So it's, it's been excellent. And the crowds have been crazy. The We've gone to some great cities. The second day that Gunther and Imperium got drafted to Raw, I was like, oh, all right, well. Well, you know they like to keep couples together. That's it, what they said. It, it wasn't even I Ricochet. Said, who, me no, and it, wasn't, it wasn't even when Ricochet got moved. It was, <laughs> it was when Gunther got moved. I was like, <laughs> no, they got to move Samantha. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I... Um, I was sad. I said, oh, those are my boys. But then I also had Bloodline, too. So I was like, you know, and then when they drafted me to Raw, I said, okay, we're going to, you know, Im Imperium, that's good. I'm glad that, that we can keep that going. There's just like a certain, like, love the way you introduced the Bloodline, obviously. But there's just Thank like you. a certain gusto about how you do Imperium. You're even doing this when in the video, like you're into <laughs> it, you know? And like, I just don't, I think it would have been very hard for someone else to replicate that. Oh, uh, thank you so much. It's, I'm very happy that, you know, Imperium, they like it. The fans like it. So 
I'm very proud of that because I, you know, it is kind of a gamble. You take a little gamble and then, you know, it, and it worked out. So I'm glad. And now it's evolved into what I think, um, I mean, come on, he's had an incredible reign. So uh, I'm glad it's evolved to what it has. He deserves it all. You talked about enjoying your new coworkers. Uh, is there a little feud though brewing between you and Kathy Kelly now over Rhea Ripley? You know, it's crazy because Kathy knows how I do, you know, and we've spoken about that. And her and I have, uh, I thought that we were on the same page about that. And she knows she's the apple of my eye, you know, and and we haven't seen each other. So hopefully at SummerSlam, we will be able to hug it out and she'll understand, you know, you got to, it, it can't happen over you know, we got to look in each other's eyes and make sure we're, we're back on the same page. You say that, but I already know there's going to be some sort of TikTok filmed where Rhea's standing in the middle of you guys and there's still tension. Listen, Rhea, I, it's been nothing but problems, you know? It's been nothing but problems. I, Rhea, I will say, is tremendously charming and actually probably quite similarly to maybe Eddie Guerrero, someone that you see doing something that is questionable um, morally, but somehow they just look good doing it and you just can't look away. Yeah, I saw I saw Ricochet trying to wade into the conversation too, but it was, uh, it's, there was too- he- He's always going to be around. He's, <laughs> a, he's always going to be nearby. No matter, you know, he knows too. He knows how I do. When uh when you guys were at Money in the Bank, uh you know I out of all the times that you've been announcing, you get all this praise. I feel like the only time I've ever seen you get <laughs> any criticism whatsoever was the representing the Judgment Day thing for Bailey. Uh, how I'm, were you beating yourself up over that one? Oh my goodness. So okay, I <laughs> so. The fact that we're even talking about it, I think really speaks to, I I actually, okay, all I cared about was that Bailey was okay. So that was first and foremost. So I had no idea what I said. Every time I do an announcement, I'm like present, okay? I'm like every single thing I'm saying, I'm thinking about it. And I'm really putting effort in. Money in the bank rules are the most nerve wracking thing for me. Um, Royal Rumble rules as well, War Games rules as well. That you know, anytime there's a lot of rules. So I because you just want to make sure you get it right. And everybody knows the rules, but you still want to make sure you get it right. So I'm I'm doing them, I'm doing them. I'm like, okay, whew, I did the rules. I'm like, they're done. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, oh my God, I still have um, what am I doing? I'm still in the ring. I still, you know, and then I just that whole week leading up to it, we we did the UK tour. We had we had Raw, then we had the UK tour, then you know Money in the Bank, and then again Raw right after that. So I had said representing Judgment Day, like I counted because y'all I care. Okay, I counted. I said representing the Judgment Day twenty times that week. Crazy. I said representing damage damage control zero times that week. <laughs> I don't know what happened and i'm being honest and this really is on me i was just so relieved that i got through the rules that when it that we kept rolling i looked over you know here we go and i'm like oh my gosh and i'm like okay representing the judgment day because it's what i always say and i'm like bailey you know because bailey's coming out and then i'm like okay great i go and i sit down and then um eo sky's music hits 
and I go, I didn't say damage control at all. I don't remember saying those words at all. And I said to Rome, I said, what did I say? I said, I didn't say judgment day. And he was like, what? I didn't, I didn't notice anything. He was like, let me check Twitter. <laughs> he goes and he looks, he's like, yeah. He's like, you said judgment day. I'm like, damn. Can I say that? So yes. I'm like, dang. That's not even a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> I have a five-year-old. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, oh no. So I immediately like, I'm just like, well, first of all, I, I was like, hey, I, it is what it is. You know, you got to keep rolling. It's fine. I knew that what the what the women were about to come out and do was far more important than that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just hit up Bailey after and apologize because, you know, I messed up her intro and she was cool this. She's like, bro, whatever. And then she just was making fun of me about it. And um, so once I knew she was fine, I was okay for the fans, for the reaction that I got. I think it, um, it made me really realize like, wow, you, you did it. You, you made it to a place where misspeaking, you know, is newsworthy. So I'm, I'm actually kind of proud. And if I was a smarter businesswoman, I would have done it on purpose because it's been the, the response has been overwhelming, honestly. It, so 100%. I do apologize to everybody it, that 100%. I took out of the moment because that's what I would feel bad about. I don't ever want to take anyone out of the magic of the moment. So if I did that, for someone, then I do apologize because it was not intentional and it was that rare time that I was just like, oh. No apology necessary. I think that it does speak to your work because I think like you said earlier, the amount of work that you put into it and the thought process that you put into these things and some of the risks you take, I think when you've done so much of that and your, your work is something that people already enjoy so much that like a mistake is going to happen. It's not like... It's not like when Eva Marie was being tried out as an announcer and she called Jinder Mahal Ginger Mahal on Total Divas. It's, oh, it's not, it, no. it was not a Ginger Mahal moment, I don't think, because it, it's different. You put it in a lot of work and I don't think anyone actually held it against you. It was more funny than anything, I think. Well, good. I'm glad. And I, I you know, I, on, and hey, y'all, y'all saw mommy up in my face all week in, during the live events. She was up in my face. So I don't know if they're going to think that was a punishment necessarily. Uh, I was just thinking about mommy. You know what I'm saying? That's all. I was you saying. had mommy on the she, brain. She, a lot of people have that. That's it's okay. It. You get mommied. That's it. <laughs> Anybody who's been around her knows you get mommied. And what what you can have your opinions all you want, but if she's walking by, you're gonna be like, oh, that's mommy. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, Samantha, I have uh, run out of time here, but. Uh, I just want to say you're killing it. I, you're, you're killing Thank it. You so much. And I'm really glad that we kind of got to talk today. Like I said, a lot of people have been wanting you on the show. You've been requested a ton. And I think that really, like you, kind of like we talked about, I'm sure not everyone knows that you are a lifelong wrestling fan who is doing this. So I hope that other fans see this and go, wow, we already liked her a ton. But now that we know she's one of us, we like her even more. And so I'm excited to see what you continue to do on Raw, and even though you're missed on SmackDown, uh, it, it's great to see you just thriving in WWE. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for speaking to me and asking me those great questions, and thanks to all the fans who wanted me to come on. I'm, I'm very honored to be on your show. You do great work.
Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Now we've said all the nice things to each other. Uh, get a, go, go back to your new couch that you just had delivered. Go, go <laughs> enjoy go. it. And, and, and then uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Great. Thank you so much, Ryan. All right. Peace. Thank you. Bye. All right, that was my conversation with Samantha Irving. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Super nice person, like just the nicest. You can't help but want to root for someone who is that genuinely nice, especially when they're that talented. So don't go too hard on her for that whole money in the bank thing. It was just a one-time thing. Leave her alone. Uh, before we get out of here, a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure you follow at WWE on Fox on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok, and of course, we're on Threads as well. Everyone's on Threads these days. So make sure you're following WWE on Fox there as well, and make sure you're following me on Threads as well. It'll boost my ego if you're following at Ryan Satin on Threads, and I'm sure you're following me elsewhere as well, but go hook it up on the Threads side of things. And make sure, also, if you're watching this video, that you subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed. If you're on YouTube, I appreciate you. Thank you for doing so. I know it looks nice, but I know there are times when you're driving around and you're doing other things and you like and you'd like to be able to listen to these interviews. So make sure that you subscribe to the Out of Character podcast feed and if you enjoy the show, if you like what we do here, do me a favor and leave a rating or a review. Also, if you're listening to the podcast version of this show and that's all you're doing, make sure that you go check out the WWE on Fox YouTube channel as well. That's where you can find clips from Ron SmackDown. That's where you can find the full version of this show on video. You can find YouTube shorts. There's a community tab. It's popping on the WWE on Fox YouTube channel, so make sure that you are subscribed there as well. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this has been Out of Care.